The teachings of Enoch. Thus may all become my sons. Moses 6, 59, 66-68. Book of Moses Insight, number 21. Significantly, the last voice verse of Moses 6 includes the words, And thus may all become my sons. This statement relating to the exaltation of Adam and Eve and all their posterity provides the doctrinal foundation for the account in the book of Moses of Enoch's adoption as a son of God, with a right to God's throne. At the end of Moses 7.3 we read, quote, And as I stood upon the mount, I beheld the heavens open, and I was clothed upon with glory. In the next set of insights, we will discuss Enoch's transformation in more detail, including parallels with Jewish Enoch traditions. In this article, we will discuss how sonship, described in Moses 6.60, relates to the spiritual rebirth that is represented in ancient and modern temple ordinances. Spiritual Rebirth Within the Succession of Ordinances Joseph Smith taught that being born again comes by the Spirit of God through ordinances. Indeed, as we progress through the prescribed series of saving ordinances, we are repeatedly reborn, our nature transformed over and over, as we experience the cleansing justification of the Spirit of Christ, the symbolism of death and resurrection through the baptism of water, the new life granted us when we received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the spiritual and physical renewal of the initiatory ordinances, and the unfolding stages of the drama of our existence in the endowment. Indeed, the endowment itself enacts our individual progress through multiple rebirths, from the spirit world to mortal life, and from thence to becoming sons and daughters of Christ, and ultimately of the Father himself, receiving all the blessings of the firstborn as sons and daughters of God. According to the OT1 manuscript of Moses 6.59, the ordinances that prepare one for these blessings constitute, quote, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, end of quote. Similarly, by the end of Moses 6, Adam had not only been born of water and of the Spirit, but also born of God, having entered his presence in the same manner described by Alma, quote, for because of the word which he has imparted unto me, behold, many have been born of God, and have tasted as I have tasted, and have seen eye to eye as I have seen. Therefore they do know of these things which I have spoken, as I do know, and the knowledge which I have is of God. End of quote. Although Theodore M. Burton's explanation offers a possible insight into the nature of the occurrence described in verse 68, quote, Thus Adam was sealed a son of God by the priesthood, and this promise was taught among the fathers from that time forth as a glorious hope to men and women on the earth, if they would listen and give heed to these promises. End of quote. Relating this event to the sequence of ordinances and blessings that led up to it, Hiram L. Andrews further explains, To receive such communion, ordinarily one must be justified, sanctified, and sealed by the powers of the gospel unto eternal life. End of quote. In other words, Moses 6.68 witnesses that Adam received such a sealing, something also referred to as, quote, the more sure word of prophecy, end of quote. Changes in name and relationship that accompany changes in state. For each change of state that is meant to accompany one's progression through the ordinances, the Father grants a corresponding change in name and relationship to him. To paraphrase C.S. Lewis, God turns tools into servants, servants into friends, and friends into sons. Moses 6, 67 and 68 makes it clear that the fullness of the priesthood is to become, when divinely ratified, a son of God after the order of him who is without beginning of days or end of years, end of quote. 
This is consistent with the royal rebirth form formula of Psalm 2-7. Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. In Moses 5-7, King Benjamin uses a temple setting in context to explain the same general concept. Quote, and now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and daughters. For behold, this day he has spiritually begotten you. For ye say in your hearts that ye are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him, and have become his sons and daughters. Significantly, King Benjamin not only goes on to say that those who keep the covenant will be found at the right hand of God, thus in essence receiving the name of their own king, importantly the name Benjamin means son of the right hand, but also that they were taking upon them as royal sons and daughters a title of the supreme son of the right hand, namely Christ. In so doing, they were also to become, in likeness of Benjamin's son, little Mosiahs, meaning saviors, and in likeness of the only begotten Son of God, little Messiahs, meaning anointed ones. Having thus qualified, the Father might then appropriately seal them his. Father David A. Bednar has explained, purifying and sealing by the Holy Spirit of promise constitute the culminating steps in the process of being born again, end of quote. Those who are sanctified have their garments washed white through the blood of the Lamb. Note that the Hebrew word for washing clothes is kabas, very similar in sound to a word for lamb, kebes, suggesting a possible wordplay. Identification of the high priest with the Lord himself. To further emphasize that those who enter the oath and covenant of the, into the oath and covenant of the priesthood do so in similitude to the Son of God, we note Margaret Barker's description of how the concept of becoming a son of God relates both to ordinances and earthly temples and to actual ascents to the heavenly temple. Quote, the high priests and kings of ancient Jerusalem entered the Holy of Holies and then emerged as messengers, angels of the Lord. They had been raised up, that is, resurrected. They were sons of God, that is, angels, and they were anointed ones, that is, messiahs. <clears throat> Human beings could become angels and then continue to live in the material world. This transformation did not just happen after physical death, it marked the passage from the life in the material world to the life of eternity, end of quote. Speaking of the figurative heavenly journey that was enacted in ancient temple ordinances, Matthew Bowen has argued elsewhere that both the king and the high priest, emerging from the Holy of Holies, were seen and worshipped as the symbolic equivalent of Yahweh, the Lord. Consistent with this identification, Alma 13 specifically states that high priests were ordained, quote, in a manner that thereby the people might know in what manner to look forward to God's Son for redemption. End of quote. Moreover, the reason that the ancient ordinances of the high priesthood associated with the temple were given was so, quote, that thereby the people might look forward to the Son of God for a remission of their sins. Conclusions In the words of John 3 5, being born again, or rather being born from above, or born of God, is not a process that is completed when one is baptized by water and receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. Being ritually reborn requires receiving and keeping all the ordinances and covenants of the priesthood to the end. Being fully reborn in actuality happens only after traversing the heavenly veil, quote, to know the only wise and true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent, having both suffered in his likeness and having been lifted up to eternal life and exaltation as he was. In other words, to qualify for eternal life, each of the Father's children 
must be prepared to enter the kingdom of heaven as a son or daughter of God, having first been born again by water and by the Spirit of God through ordinances, and then, when sanctified, must be received personally by the Father. All this in similitude to their Redeemer, the Son of God, their peerless, perfect prototype. This is the essence of Enoch's teaching in Moses 6, 51-68, a revelation that preceded the introduction of the full temple endowment to the saints in Nauvoo by more than a decade.